All right. Uh, welcome to Fear the Inkwell. Uh, I'm Jim and <laughs> Dustin. Dustin, and we're uh, we're here today with another pitch for anybody who is thinking about writing a book or a story or whatever. Maybe you hear something on our show that you want to use and, and take it and run with it. Maybe even use it as a I don't know a school assignment. Who knows? <laughs> so so here here's my idea. Um, this kind of came to me when uh, I was looking at some some other works that were out there, like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. <laughs> These kind of uh, books uh, that were out there that uh, that that you know, um, kind of a parody or a play off of something that's come before. And I got to thinking about what if somebody wrote a book about or that that all of the main characters in the book. We're all like side characters in the other books and stories than other books and stories that existed. So, you know, um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> so, uh, no worries. <laughs> so, so mm, you know, uh, I, I, I guess instead of Superman, you'd have, you know, Lois Lane uh, as a main character and in, in, in and that kind of thing. So that's my idea. I don't have a lot to say about it. So, I, <laughs> No, I, I actually I've put some thought into this idea too because you know you you always get the the what if like what about the what about the story of of the Samwise Gamgee like mm. you get a bit of his story Lord of the Rings but it's because Frodo's the protagonist and he's he's following along very closely so their lives parallel each other very closely but what if you had a tertiary character who has like very little little to do with the protagonist's story. But you're telling you're telling the story of a protagonist through a tertiary character who only gets glimpses of mm. the of the protagonist. So like maybe it's somebody like they have a nine to five job and they they go to a, they go to get their morning coffee and read the newspaper and then the protagonist runs by being chased by some big ass monster. It's like or you know so it's like what if the, what if they're the protagonist of this story is just the regular Joe in Superman's world and they're just catching snippets of what Superman's actually doing. <laughs> and so that, you know, yeah, you know, it brings it into like, maybe the character is just like, Whoa, what's going on? And they go on a, a treasure hunt to figure out what Superman was doing at the time. Like why did that big, why did that car go flying past my coffee house window <laughs> while I was reading the newspaper? Like what was the story behind that? So it's really like, the story of a of a reporter or something just piecing together the significant events that are outside of their control like that yeah. I, I think it could make for an interesting so i didn't think about this until just now as you were describing that but there it does occur to me that there is a series of books that does this exact thing in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> so uh, there is a couple of books and there's probably more of that i'm only familiar with a couple of them that tales from mos eisley and tales from java's palace and for instance, um, the band that's playing in the bar when Luke yeah. Skywalker goes in, you know, they have a story and it's in that book, you know? Um, yeah. And, and like the, I remember reading, I, I haven't read these books since I was a kid. So I, I, was wonder, a kid. I wonder if they're interesting at all. But I remember like the, the tales from Jabba's palace had the story of like the, the, the animal, the guy who, who maintained all of Jabba's animals and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, it's a uh, so yeah. And then you you know you and I had discussed this very slightly ahead of time, but going back, I really like the idea of like cherry picking out. <laughs> and maybe this is the here's here's the pitch here's the story. 
you have a a being, an omniscient, all-powerful being. It's bored as hell. So he goes through the multiverse and cherry-picks all of these just lame, tertiary characters and brings them all back to Earth for a big, like wrestling cage match to to get to see who's the next oh. big protagonist. <laughs> it's like if you win, you're no longer a tertiary character. You have you have beat it out. You're the best <laughs> of the tertiaries. You're the best. <laughs> you're gonna get your own story now, buddy. <laughs> and so now now you're no longer a tertiary character. Now you're the primary character. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> I think oh that would gosh. be hilarious. Get ready to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That would be that would be a great story. Yeah, and and Especially, oh, like if you tie to say some classic literature, you know, and, and so instead of like Sherlock Holmes and Watson, it's Watson and like, uh, you know, like some, I don't know. <laughs> well, when you were talking about like Abraham Lincoln and all, and Vampire mm. Hunter and those, I, it, it, because, you know, because we knew the, the idea ahead of time, I was just like, well, why, what, you know, what's the story of like Abraham's link, Abraham's um, personal secretary? What's that story like? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, you know, and and didn't he see ghosts in the White House? So wouldn't he, wouldn't he have confided in somebody that was close to him that was just a staffer or something like that? Like, <laughs> so it might be really interesting to to follow those threads, like, you know. And you could do a whole book on, on kind of in a news clipping sort of way of, from other people's perspective <sighs> of what's going on. I mean, I know that so... Um, oh, okay. crap. So... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, there's something that has done this um, in a similar. Oh, so so it would almost be like writing Dracula or um, the Call of Cthulhu, because mm-hmm. those are people that are following a major story and writing it down as journal entries. Mm-hmm. So it would be very it could be very similar. To- That's interesting. I mean, like, you know, what's OK? So if, what if you're a villager in the village that's at the. <laughs> base of the mountain or the hill that Frankenstein's castle is on. Right. You know, what if, what if like you're, you're part of the mob that, you know, takes the pitchforks <laughs> and, and, and torches and stuff up to the castle. And what, it, yeah, there's, there's a lot that you could do with that, especially with works that are out of um, copyright, you know, that are, oh, that are yeah, free use yeah. and open now, like uh, uh, that kind of thing. It's um, a lot of public domain. Yeah. And uh, you, you were talking about like, like Abraham Lincoln's personal secretary. Well, Okay, you know a lot of those top high level people have personal aides and stuff, right. and it just it does kind of make sense that they would get to know each other. Maybe they have crazy adventures too <laughs> that no one ever knows about. You know, like like ge- like like General Grant comes to see Abraham Lincoln in his office, and his his the general's aide is sitting outside the office with the with the president's secretary. What are they talking about? Right, you know? right. I mean, in Grant's reality, such a weird guy. Like I know. In reality, they're all like, you know, like, well, is he available on Thursday for lunch? You know? <laughs> that's that's the reality of it. But you Absolutely. know, it doesn't you don't have to talk about reality? You can, right. you can make well, some and, outstanding and, and fiction. Too, like, you know, just taking this into the realm of, of pop culture, like, like maybe Thor has a personal secretary. <laughs> yes. Or, like, oh my god! And yes. maybe Thor's secretary has a secretary, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and so they're getting like. You know, Thor shows up with his screaming goats and hands them off to the the stable keeper. He's just like, <laughs> deal with these. And they're like screaming the whole time. And he's just like, oh, great. Now I've got these mythical goats in my stable. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, my God. The possibilities are endless and astounding. 
<laughs> well, and I mean, like you could also do a lot of parody stuff with it too. So, what mm-hmm. if, uh, you know, like in the Lord of the Rings, they're cruising along and Frodo drops the ring, and then like one of the people in the back of the group picks it up, and he's just like, um, "Excuse me," and they don't even notice. Like he's just, he's like, now he's got the ring, and he's just like, um, "I'm not a major ca- enough character to carry this." Oh, oh yes. What if, what if, like in you're you're taking a rip off of a story, and, and in the story, the person realizes that they're not the main the character. Meta humor. Yes. Oh yeah, they realize that they're the comic relief that you know gets tragically killed, so everyone else can avenge them later. You know? Yes, oh, man. if they see that coming, you know, oh my gosh, mm. uh, that that would be quite there's, amazing. There's a lot that you can. There's a lot you can do with that. So it also occurs to me one thought that I had before we even started into this. You know, we have a few episodes up online. Um, we consume a lot of content. Us. We can't consume all content. So if you've heard any of these, any of this before, <laughs> let us know. Um, I, we'd actually like to hear the input about, you know, mm-hmm. surrounding any of these ideas that we think we have come up with. Because maybe we didn't, you know, th- there's there's the saying there are no ideas. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we would love to hear from from people, too, about, uh, uh, you know, your thoughts and your ideas and, and how you think you can take something we say and take it one or two steps farther. That'd be genius. We'd, we'd, Absolutely. It'd be great to hear about that. Okay. So back on the topic of characterization and, and like, you know, side characters, um, I had recently been struggling. Like, so this was an interesting thing too. Like I, you could have said I've been struggling with writer's block um, in the work that I'm doing now. And it's because I didn't have, a really, really well-developed idea of what I needed to do with the plot next. And so it came, like, I had the idea that I needed to introduce some characters that are in the setting that the main character is going to so that I can introduce the reader to this chaotic setting from from the point of view of a character that knows what's happening. And then I'll introduce the protagonist into that mix, too. Mm -hmm. And I'll take these other characters that I'm introducing because I think there's going to be two or three of them mm-hmm. and once they're once they've been introduced they're going to actually uh, slowly rise up through the ranks of an, an, an organization to become the main like some of the mo- like more focused characters uh, in further works so they're not like I'm trying to set it up so that they're uh, interesting enough but it, it was it was an interesting thought exercise for me because I ha- I have my protagonist. I know where he needs to be at any given point in the story, but I hadn't developed the the other stuff well enough to keep writing about him. And so mm-hmm. for me, a huge like block removal was to just switch and be like, okay, now he needs to be here. Like what's happening there and who is he going to run into? And then mm-hmm. start telling the story from those people's perspective and then introduce them to the protagonist as the story demands. So um, just like we joke about the, the protagonist versus the antagonist versus like a foil character or a secondary or tertiary characters, whatever. But in reality, every character is the protagonist for their story. So oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, so just keep that in mind when you're crafting other characters, like, because sure you want to write your protagonist's story, but you know, it might be useful to follow a different person on their life throughout that story 
and then maybe they meet your protagonist and have some effect on the plot or on you know influence the story in some way. So I just wanted to bring that up, you know, because for me it it allowed me to keep progressing, and and now I have a, a really good idea of what the the next chunk of material that I'm going to write is going to be. So let me ask you, uh, when you're doing that though, um, your perspective, uh, are you telling your story from the protagonist's perspective or from like a, like a third person perspective so that it's like as if somebody's watching television or something? Um, so I think early on I decided I'm going with a restricted, uh, oh crap, what is it? It's a, a third person restricted, okay. restricted narrative. So it's yeah. going to, f- it's going to follow a character, but you're not going to get their thoughts. Mm-hmm. You're only going to get their actions and dialogue with, uh, but then the, the focus character will switch occasionally. So it, it'll be, I have two major characters that, um, I, I kind of switch off between their chapters. So I'll tell his side of the story and then I'll tell her side of the story, you know, I'll flip flop back and forth. And, and actually that does, they, they kind of serve as a foil for each other. Like as I do that, because he has, you know, very specific, uh, personality traits, that she does not possess. And so when we switch to her perspective, like she is a very reserved person and, uh, you know, I can, I can tell the story in that manner from her perspective while, and so, yeah, so it's a very good, uh, it's a very good exercise for me. I, I think there's merit in like, uh, you know, the omniscient forms and, and having a, an actual narrator, but from, the way I have locked myself in place in this particular work mm. has been third person restricted. And then the, the focus for the real jumper, you know, and, and so that'll be a, a starting point for these other characters because my protagonist has caused events to happen that affect a, a large group of people. And so the, the other characters that I'm introducing are coming from that other pool of, that are just like, that are responding to this event that the protagonist started. So Okay. No, I like that. And, and that gives you certain, like, uh, like storytelling abilities, too. To, like, you don't, like, to me, like, first, I, I've written in first person before, first person perspective, where only that you only, the reader only knows what the main character knows, period. Right. And, uh, which is interesting, but you do, you can kind of paint yourself into a corner that way uh, with the story itself. Um, because there will be left, things that are left, Holes that are left with like the uh, the antagonist and stuff. How did they right. achieve certain information or whatever? And until the main character discovers how they did that, then and the readers in it's exactly and how they did that may not actually be that interesting to the story. <laughs> right. You know, so like you can't necessarily in that way you can't give the reader like every single little bit of information to, to complete everything so they understand the whole story. Some stuff they have to fill in in their head or just accept that they're not going to know that. And that can be kind of unsatisfying. Right. So. Well, and I think that's part of the reason that I switch focus on the characters in what I'm doing. Because since I can't, uh, it's not that I can't. I've kind of basically locked uh, the reader out of the characters' heads. Mm -hmm. So you can only really understand through their words and actions. Um, So the more perspectives we have on those words and actions the greater the understanding that the reader is going to have of, of the entire story arc. So, Well, see, and I think that as as Americans, we're most familiar with that because we watch a lot of television that's like right. that, and we watch a lot of movies that are like... It's rare that you can get the inner monologue of a of a character in a movie or a TV show. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you can, but... Uh, like the Wonder Years? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Weren't they wonderful? <laughs> 
or yeah, exactly. Or, uh, you know, like anything, but it's, it's, it's rare that you can kind of see that you kind of, as the viewer, you have to understand that what you're seeing on right. screen is, you know, how you're going to get that story. So it sounds like it's very similar. Yeah. That. And it, it does put a, an emphasis on facial expression, mm-hmm. uh, body posture and movement. Um, because that's the only clue the readers got to what's happening is, you know, and yeah, it, it makes, it makes for some difficult work. I must be honest because I can't just write down like, mm. Oh, the, the protagonist, uh, glanced over at this other girl and thought that she was really hot. I can't, I, you can't say that because I'm, I'm locking like, otherwise it's going to pull the, it's going to uh, ruin the continuity of the storytelling mm-hmm. and it'll pull the read. I mean, unless you do it in a very sub- subtle way. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. But it, it's funny to think that if you're taking a, a character that's other than the primary, like the antagonist, then you are turning them into uh, or sorry, a protagonist. I don't know what I said. You're turning them into a protagonist once you focus on them. Mm-hmm. And so it's up to you, like how well you want to develop that character or, and so, you know, that's this whole discussion about a tertiary character becoming the, the main character. Like as soon as you start talking about them for more than a page, mm-hmm. they're starting to become, you know, more of a main characters so yeah and often that's kind of a trope that's done to make you feel uh something for that character just before something tragic happens right like they're murdered or something (laughs) and and then you're like no not that guy that i just got to know and he was just gonna adopt the puppy and and now he'll never get to play with the puppy right um yeah so like you know there's that common trope that's probably been done to death and it's become so formulaic that breeders just kind of see it coming but but if you don't do that and you force the reader to care about somebody else, even momentarily, right. even though it has the potential to pull them out of the main story, it, there's got to have some payoff at the end. You need to, uh, to care about that tertiary character for a reason. Right. Well, so I think the, the, longer you, the longer you keep characters in the reader's consciousness, the more they will connect with them or the more, you know, if it, in the case of the antagonist, the more they will hate them. Mm-hmm. Like if, as long as you're writing that to be hateful, like, uh, cause I keep thinking of writing a series of books where you follow the protagonist who is trying to do the right thing. And he keeps trying to do the right thing. And he ends up being the next villain. Like he's mm, controlling oh, the wow. world because he's trying to do the right thing. Oh yeah. that's like, a- And I, I'm sure that's been done because it's an, you know, it's a logical thought extrapolation for like, I keep trying to make people's lives better by doing this or that. And it just keeps hurting people. And so I try again and it just mm. hurts more people. And then eventually somebody comes to, for your head and you're like, I'm the villain now. Like, and you know, most people won't realize that. Yeah. I think there are stories that have that happen. I think that it's not common, you know, but, but there are some classic stories that that's happened where, you know, the, the good guy has become the bad guy for the sake of being good in a way, like the only way that he can do good things is to be the bad guy in a way. So, right. And then there's the anti-hero, right? Right. Uh, so black Adam. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the most recent anti-hero. There you go. Yeah, Black Adam, uh, the Punisher, uh, <laughs> like all these people, you know, like just instead of trying to arrest somebody, they just flat out kill them and be all right, right. We're better off now. You know? Right. It's like, 
Like, it doesn't matter what the right moral choice was. It's like, now this is not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. So so those stories are out there that people could use as inspiration or a guideline for, you know, how to get to where they want to go. So, and then one last thing on characters that I was thinking about, because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are probably familiar with the hero's journey, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think the, the focus, especially culturally is on younger protagonists younger characters like you know 20s is a good thing because they've got the energy to to do whatever they need to do that sort of thing but then they meet the older sage character that divulges wisdom and then they have to grow because of that wisdom and all that but what if your what if your story began with the old guy who has to come out of retirement and it's not because he's amazing and so he's just like, because I know Terry Pratchett did this with one of his characters. He was a uh, Cohen the Barbarian. He was this old, like, 80-year-old barbarian. <laughs> and it was hilarious. But, I mean, you could write this in a serious manner mm-hmm. where the, the old guy, like, the old sage has to come out of retirement because the young dude doesn't get it. Like, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that young people are stupid. <laughs> Oh yeah. No offense, man. <laughs> um, but uh so I thought it would be really interesting to take like again another trope and and try and upend it because then the then the hero's journey begins with the old guy mm-hmm. um who has to find their way around and and seek wisdom that they don't have. And so when they come to the sage, the sage might be something different, or it might be like some young child that's just like profound wisdom and he's just like holy crap i've been too set in my ways because i'm old (laughs) yeah because that old guy has at this point seen some stuff and done some stuff right and he's not he's not like trying to explore for the sake of exploring he's already had all that stuff in his past he's incredibly think of noah yeah all right so noah supposedly i mean you know in the bible (laughs) builds a giant ark saves you know all of humanity and every single animal and insect and whatever else is on this boat you know so forget the dinosaurs though like screw that. um but so noah you know like he's built the boat wrecked the boat on the mountaintop and all the animals have now like moved to africa and right you know, <laughs> they were just like no peace out we're going to africa now i do what you want he's getting ready to retire somebody approaches noah says we need you to come back into the fold and do something else right, right. <laughs> like he's like dude I had the boat thing. (laughs) I did what I was supposed to do. Exactly. It's up to you guys now. Right? Like, is is somebody else around here? Like, no, nobody else can do this. It's got to be you. You're the boat builder guy. We need another boat. We need another boat. (laughs) This time we're going to the moon. It needs to be twice as big. (laughs) Twice as big. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know, like, like something like that. Yeah, it's it's funny, like, to play with all these character tropes that are, you know, there's just part of accepted storytelling. Is so. and I don't know who's going to hate me for this, but I will say that there's no copyright on the Bible, so <laughs> use all those characters as much as you want. Like, there's you can do anything you want to. Uh, <laughs> just go go nuts. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So. <laughs> if you have any new Bible ideas, I'm yeah, sure they'd be open to including right. them. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, well, I think uh, I think we're gonna get uh, that's that's a good place to close out. Before we, uh, that's that's a good place to end it before we get further into this. <laughs> 
All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Anybody that's listening. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, drop us a, a line at fairtheinkwill at outlook.com. And yeah, Until we'll see you next time. time. Bye.